Good morning, living word and morning manaites. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's certainly a pleasure to be back again on this Wednesday morning in this fourth day of the brand new year, celebrating what God has done for us. How great is our God. He is greatly to be praised. And so we give him thanks. And so we acknowledge his presence in our lives. We acknowledge his power in our lives. We acknowledge his favor upon our lives. And so each and every day we must acknowledge our Heavenly Father. Give him praise. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good. And his mercies are everlasting. And his truth is for all generations. And so we give God thanks and we bless the name of the Lord. For God certainly has been good to us. Amen. And so this morning we're back to share some scriptures and I want to bring this. Most of you probably never even read this book is the book of Haggai. Um, you know, as I was talking to the Lord about what to present this morning, um, simply two words came to my mind and that was consider ways, consider ways. So I began to search scriptures to see what God is saying about considering our ways. You know, what is it that God wants us to consider? And as we went through, um, as I went through scripture, I came across um, Haggai. And it's been a long time, you know, to be very true. So this is a long time since I really spent any time studying the book of Haggai. Haggai, of course, we know is one of the minor prophets. He's an awesome man of God. Um, but he was one of, considered one of the minor prophets. But the word of the Lord that came to him was in a time where Israel had totally forgotten about God and forgotten about the things that are close and dear to the heart of God. And so let me read Haggai chapter 1 and verse 2. And um, this is going to be something called a double reference, right? It simply means God is using a physical thing to demonstrate or to teach a spiritual principle, okay? And, and here it is. This is what he says in verse 2 of Haggai chapter 1. Those of you who want to go ahead and go and read it later on, please do so. Please take some time to read the word because reading the word is very, very important. The Bible said we lack because uh, we die or we perish simply because we lack knowledge. We also could say we lack the things that we need because we lack knowledge of the God who gives us the things that we need. Amen. And we lack how to receive the things um, that we need from God. So this is what the Lord is saying in this particular scripture, this particular passage. I found it very, very interesting. And I hope you also will find it very, very interesting as you go back and you take a look at this particular scripture. In verse 2, it says, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. And I'm reading the New Living Translation. It says, the people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house 
of the Lord. This is what the people are saying. Um, and as we go on, you're going to see how this whole thing, um, the, the, the structure of this particular um, chapter, how everything unfolds before your very eyes. Then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? So here God is asking the question, why are you building beautiful homes and pay no attention to the place that is called my house? This is what God is saying. Remember, this is what you call double reference. God is teaching a spiritual principle by using a physical example, right? But there's meaning for the physical as well as meaning for the spiritual. So in this case, the house of the Lord was in shambles. But as you read through, you will understand that the reason why the house of the Lord was in shambles is because the people's minds was in shambles. They were far from God. And because they were far from God, they were far from the things that concerns God. Amen. Remember, everything is written in scripture for us to learn from it, to get a spiritual revelation and to be able to change our lives or direct our lives according to the principle that God is trying to teach us in scripture. Amen. Nothing is in scripture by chance. It is there by design. Everything God put in scripture was intentional. And if God is really upset because of how the people treated his temple, he is really upset, okay? So this is not, God is not talking out of two sides of his mouth. He is really upset because his house um, was in shambles and the people care, did not care about it. They were only caring about their own homes. They were building luxurious homes for themselves and left the temple of God in shambles. And, and we want to look at it also in a spiritual in a spiritual sense that our bodies are also the temples of God. And God cares what we do with our bodies, but he also cares about the temple, which is the spiritual part of our bodies. Are we paying attention to our temples? Amen. Our temples. Are we paying attention to? Do we give time? Remember the things that I've taught you, the principles I've, I've thought I've taught you that we are tripart beings. We're body, soul, and spirit. And we are absolutely responsible to take care of our bodies, take care of our soul, and take care of our spirit. That is our responsibility. And those things are near and dear to the heart of God. God made us the way he designed us is according to his plans. And so God, everything about us is near and dear to the heart of God. Now let's get back to the scripture and let's look at what the Lord is saying and how he is treating the people based on how they are treating what represents him, which in this case is his temple. He says, this is what the Lord of the heavens army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now, this is a great revelation. And maybe some of us that are listening, and maybe you should pass this podcast on to somebody because they may find themselves in this situation and they cannot figure out why. You know, many of us are asking God why. Well, hopefully that we get a revelation from this particular passage of scripture this morning. He said, you have planted much, but harvest little. 
Did you see that? You see, there's an expectation that when we plant, we harvest a lot more than what we planted. So here God is saying, you have planted, but you have not harvested according to your expectation. Your expectations are not being met. Amen. That's what the word is saying, that you're not getting what you expected. You have planted, but you're receiving a small amount of, you know, we can say not enough or just barely enough. Because normally when you have a harvest, a harvest means plenty. It means overwhelming amount. It means more than enough. And you certainly receive more than what you have planted in a harvest. Amen. So God is saying you have planted much. He said you have planted a whole lot, but you're not receiving much. You're receiving very very little. He goes on to say you eat, but you're not satisfied. Simple means the things that you receive, they don't satisfy you. There's no joy in your life. There's no peace, right? You're doing the things that should bring you peace, that should bring you joy, but it seems as though it has departed from you. This is what the word of God is saying. You drink, but are still thirsty. That means you're still in lack. The things that you're doing, the natural order of things is not happening in your life. When you drink, it should quench your thirst. When you eat, you should be satisfied. But here God is saying none of these things are happening according to its natural order. And he says you put on clothes, but you still are not kept warm. Your wages disappear as though you are putting them in pockets filled with holes. Did you see that? It seems that all your work is going down the drain. You get money in your pocket, but all of a sudden it's gone, it disappears. You know, things happening to you. You know, you get money and all of a sudden stuff happened that you have to spend. And sometimes you don't even know where your money went. This is what God is saying to them. You put money in your pocket, but it is as though the pockets have holes in them. You cannot retain the blessing that is there that is accompanied with the blessings of God. This is what the, this is what the Lord of the heaven army says in verse 7. Look at what's happening to you. Amen. Um, take a look at yourself. Consider your ways. He says, now, then he gives them instruction. He said, go up to the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and it will be honored, says the Lord. So God has given them the opportunity for change. Amen. Don't you just love the Lord? Amen. He will point out your issues. He will make them very, very plain to you. You see, when God is talking to his people, he doesn't talk to them in riddles. No, he talks to you very, very plain. If you're doing something wrong, God tells you very plainly, that is wrong. Don't go there. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, spend some time reading the word. You know, this is what's happening in your life. God will speak to you clearly. Sometimes he speaks to you in dreams. Sometimes he speaks to you in vision, in visions. But whatever way he will let you know, he will draw attention to any shortcomings in your life. You see, God is fully vested in bringing about your salvation. And 
so he will not allow anything to linger in your life that you don't recognize. Amen. He will bring those things to your attention for you to deal with it, for you to work with it. And so his blessings will not be hindered in your life. You must understand that God is not withholding his blessings from us. It's our ways that hinders his blessings from flowing through us. It's our ways. And so instead of blaming God, we must consider our ways. You know, a lot of times we blame God for everything without even without even taking a moment to consider our responsibilities in the outcomes of our lives. But here God is saying, now go to the hills, bring down timber. Seem, simply what he's saying is that to make an effort, <laughs> make an effort to bring change, to change the things that needs to be changed in your life. Make an effort. Stop leaving everything to God. You realize God didn't say, I'm going to drop timber from the heavens. He didn't do that. He said, you go cut down them trees, amen, and bring the timber and build the house. It takes effort. Salvation takes effort. Holiness takes effort. Righteousness takes effort effort. In order to what's right, you got to give it some effort. If you're going to change your life, you're going to have to put out some effort. Things, especially good things in life, it's all intentional. You know, most of what happens to us doesn't happen just by chance. No, things are intentional. And if we're going to bring changes to our lives, we must put out intentional effort. Amen. We must be intentional people. We must stop living our lives by chance or just what comes what may. Oh, I'm just taking every day at a time. You know, we cannot have that blase attitude. We must be intentional in our days. We must have expectation for our days, for our times, for our seasons. And those things can come into our lives when we read the word of God, get the word of God in our heart, in our spirit, and do the things that are near and dear to God's heart. Now, he, he keeps on talking. He says this, you hope for rich harvest, but they were poor. He is still bringing to their attention what is going on. It seems as though the people are still not listening. So he's repeating it again. He's restating it, right? Because he wants it to be plain. This is why you're having issues because you have neglected the things that are near and dear to my heart. He said, you hope for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. <laughs> God said he just blew up their harvest. Why? Because God is displeased. You know, when God is displeased with you, listen, folks, let's just get it right. You can't fight God. If you think you can fight God and win, you are absolutely deluded into thinking you can fight God and win that battle. You're going to lose every time. So if God is giving you instructions, you might as well follow along with the instructions. You remember Jonah when God told him to go preach to the city of Nineveh? What did he do? He went in the opposite direction. He just took off running in the opposite direction. Why? Because it was something he did not want to do. Because he didn't want to do it, he says, you know what? I'm not going north. If God said go north, I am going south instead. If God said go east, I am going west. And so that's what he did. But, but God 
upended his his process got upended his direction and caused a storm and um ended in the boat that he was in he had to be thrown out into the sea god provided a fish to swallow him up spit him out on dry land and said now go do what i told you to do listen you can't outrun god you can't outswim god there is nothing you can do amen when god puts his plan and his will upon your life and he communicates it to you if you don't know it's a whole different thing but when god communicates his plan to your life and you decide that you're going to go and do your own thing you are now at variance with god you're now in conflict with god's will for your life you better consider your ways and so when you're planting and you're not reaping amen you think um, you're going to have a rich harvest and you have a very poor harvest. And if and if you do get to bring some home, God says he blows it away. You've got to consider your ways because if God is working against you, there is no way you're going to win. There's no way you're going to come out on top if God is working against you. So you have to make sure that what you are doing is in line with what is near and dear to God's heart. He said, I blew it away. And why? The scripture tells you very plain. It says, why? It said, because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of the heaven's army, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It is because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. Did you see that? God said, because you've neglected the things that are near and dear to my heart, the heavens are withholding the rain and the dew and the earth itself is not responding. The heavens are not responding to you. Neither is the earth responding to you. It's like you are praying on end on end and nothing is shifting. If that's your case, if you're praying and just praying and praying and nothing is shifting in your life, check your ways. Consider your ways. Make sure that you're not disobedient. Make sure you're not you know, ignoring the things that are near and dear to God's heart. Then you may say, well, why is a temple so important to God? Well, because in the earth realm at that time, the temple represented the presence of God. Amen. And these pagan nations, you know, and these got these pagan people who they build these magnificent temples to their false gods false God, and they will spend so much time, so much money, they give up themselves, they will even sacrifice their children to these false gods. That's how, you know, they, that's how they were so subservient to their God. And so God was saying, my people, they just totally ignore the thing that re represents me in the earth. They pay no attention to it. I'm blessing them from the heavens. I'm causing the earth to give her seed. I am doing everything. I protect them. I make ways for them. I open doors for them. You know, I make dry land over red seas. I bring manna from heaven. I, I cause rocks to bring forth water. And these people just absolutely ignore me. And so God is saying, okay, since you're going to ignore me, since the thing that represents me, you're not going to pay any attention to it. So you know what? The heavens is going to withhold the dew 
and the earth is not going to respond to your seed in. Are you hearing me? So let us make sure that that what we're doing is in line and the things that are near and dear to God's heart, we make sure we're doing it. That has to do with ministry also. Remember I told you about the double reference. And some of us, God has called us to ministry. And the, the, the moment something nice comes along or a nice job or, you know, an opportunity to work overtime, we just don't show up for our ministry work. Mm -mm, we let that go because why? We got to make that mean green. We got to make more money. And so the things of God is, is given a put in the back burner while we go out and we we build our own empires. We build our own temples and our own structure and get paid little attention to what's near and dear to God's heart. See, some of you really think or you really don't understand how God sees the things he has called you to do or the things you've been assigned to do in his kingdom. You may think sweeping the floor is not much, but in God's eye, it's super important. In God's eye, is near and dear to his heart. And so when God has called you to ministry and you give up the ministry because you want to do something else on the outside just to bless yourself and just put down the stuff that God calls you to do, the things that's important in the eyes of God, then you are um, then you are out of line with the things that are near and dear to God's heart. In this case, it was the temple being in ruins and the people were building magnificent homes and they were spending all this money and didn't pay any attention to the things of God. Are you paying attention to the things of God? Are you paying attention to the house of God? Do you pay attention to make sure you come into the house? These things are near and dear to the heart of God. They're assembling together. They're coming together for worship and praise. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. So there's an expectation for the people of God to love coming together because when we come together, Jesus shows up. Those things are near and dear to God's heart. But many of us as Christians, we don't even recognize that. So we rather sit home and watch television than come to the house of worship. We would rather sit home and play games than come and build the house of the Lord, build up each other, edify one, one another. Amen. Iron sharpeneth iron. We pay very little attention to those things. And so God is saying, because you are not paying attention to my house, you're not paying attention to the things that are near and dear to my heart. I'm going to shut off some things that are near and dear to you. So when you are planted, the earth is not yielding her increase. The heavens are not being opened over your life. Well, we already know how to open heaven. The Bible said you must tithe to open heaven. And so if we're neglecting those things, then the heavens are closed. There is no way around it. You cannot circumvent the word of God. God will not change his word simply because you're cute. He's not going to change the word simply because it's the 21st century. No, time does not matter to God. He sits in eternity. Amen. He looks far above. He looks way beyond. Amen. His, his, his words are powerful, cannot be changed, cannot be voided. Amen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. His word cannot return to him unaccomplished, avoided. And so if God says something, if it comes out of his mouth, 
is going to be accomplished. And as children of God, we must understand that God is not going to have mercy on you simply because, you know, you're in a bad situation. His word will perform according to what he says. Amen. And so we must line up with the word of God. He's not going to excuse your sin. He's not going to excuse your disobedience. He absolutely will not. Because if he excuses your sin, he has to all he has to go back and recreate Sodom and Gomorrah. Because if he excused our sin, then he should have excused their sin. God is not going to excuse your sin. So make sure we're listening to the voice of God. So God says now that he goes on. He says, because of you, because of you, the heavens are withholding the dew and the earth produce no crops. He said, I've called for a drought on your fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all of your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin Everything you have worked so hard to get, that is actually in scripture. <laughs> and it's what God is saying. God is so upset with how they treated his house that he says, I am going to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. Remember, the Bible said God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So just because we're in the dispensation of grace, it doesn't mean that God is not paying attention to the things that are near and dear to his heart. We need to get to the place where we're paying attention to the things that are near and dear to God's heart. And if you find yourself working hard and not getting anywhere, it's like you're, you know, going around in circles and you, that means you're not progressing. Check your ways. Consider your ways. This is what God is saying to the nation of Israel. Consider your ways. You're working hard, but you're not getting anywhere. You're walking, but you're not re reaching your destination. Amen. And if we find ourselves and you find yourself, you know, you're working hard, but you can't still can't pay your bills. Well, consider yourself. Are you doing what God has asked you to do? Consider that. Think about it. You can't keep a job. You're always getting fired. Are you doing what is right? Are you in line with scripture? Have you considered your ways? Amen. Some of you are just so superficial. You, um, you know, you think everything is just about how you think. But no, you need to consider your ways. Rethink your ways. Stop blaming Satan for everything that's gone wrong in your life and take responsibility for your ways. It is you. It doesn't matter what Satan says to you. It's up to you. Your decision is what you do. Whatever you did, that's your decision. He may have given you um, some information, but how you act on it is strictly up to you. So you cannot blame Satan. Neither can you blame God for your situation in life. You must consider your ways and make sure you're doing the thing that God has called 
you to do. Now he gives us instruction. He said, Then Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God when they heard the words of the prophets, whom the Lord their God has sent. The people feared the Lord. You see that? And so when the people feared God, Things began to change and began to work on the house of the Lord. Listen, when you focus on the things of God, God focuses on the things that concern you. Amen. When you work on the things that are near and dear to the heart of God, God will work on the things that are near and dear to you. Amen. When we learn to bless God, God blesses you. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. Isn't that what we always say? You know, we know all these little cliche words, but, you know, we say it and it sounds really good. But do we really do it? Do Have we really considered our ways? Have we looked at our situations in life and say, why is this like this? Let me go into scripture. Let me get on my knees. Let me pray and fast and seek God that change may come to my life. Maybe there's some things in my life that I need to drop, some situations that need to change some people I need to separate myself from, amen, some habits I need to quit, um, you know, some things that are just causing all kinds of confusion in our lives that we need to get away from it. The Lord is speaking to you about it, but you have refused to listen to what the Lord is saying. And because of that, you're working hard and you are getting nowhere, amen. And so what the Lord is saying, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and consider their ways and turn from those wicked ways, he says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive sins and I will heal the land. Simple means when we come in alignment with what God is saying, when we pay attention to the things that are near and dear to God, the heavens will open over our lives. The heaven once again gives us due and the earth will yield to your planting, to your seeding. That is the word of the Lord for today. And I pray that this word is a blessing to you and that you will today, that you will consider your ways, that God may bless you and that there will be no hindrances. Make sure you're paying attention to the things that are near and dear to the heart of God. Pay attention to his house, his physical house, but pay attention to the spiritual house, which is your temple. The Bible lets us know that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. So pay attention. What are you doing with your temple? What are you saying? Um, are you hurting your temple? You know, are you properly representing God in the earth realm? Make sure that you understand you're an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven and God has an expectation. And just as how he was really upset with the nation of Israel because what represented him in the earth, his building was being in ruins and it was neglecting. You and I are called to show forth the light of God. We are called to be the light of the earth and that when people see our good works, they come to glorify God. We want to make sure that we are not neglecting the character of Christ that is trying to be manifested through us. Do not quench the Holy Spirit with foolishness. Do not quench the Holy Spirit with acts of disobedience. But make sure that you're living your life 
and that your life is pleasing to God. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you now. Thank you for instructions in your word. Because, Father, if it had not been for your word, we would still be in ignorance. We would be at a loss. We will have no idea why things are happening in our lives. We will have no idea how to bring about change. Father, we know you love us and your word lets us know because you love us, you will chasten those who you love. Simply means you will correct those who you love because you are vested in bringing about their salvation. And so this morning, Heavenly Father, we thank you for reminding us or calling us to the attention of our ways. We want to make sure, God, that our ways pleases you. Because when a man's way pleases you, God, your words that even our enemies are at peace with us. And so this morning, God, we thank you. And I pray, God, that we will be humble enough to consider our ways. Look at our history. Look at how we speak. Look at how, look at how we act. Look at our character look at our thought patterns, how we receive people, God, how we do the things, how we're mindful of the things that belongs to you, the things that are near and dear to your heart. I pray, God, we will be humble enough to consider our ways each and every day. And for this, Father, we give you thanks. God, you have not left our lives to chance, but Father, it is according to your design. And for this, we say thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor. Thank you now, Father, for the favor that is on our heads, the increase on our hands, and the swiftness to our feet. Thank you for forgiving our past, preserving our present, and guaranteeing our future. For though our beginning was small, our latter end shall has greatly increased. And there's not a feeble one among us. But we're healthy, we're wealthy, we're strong in you, our Lord, and in the power of your might. Heavenly Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, and we all say amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all, everybody. God.